afternoon, everyone. We are here. Wrapping up the week, Friday edition, New Hope Radio. Glad to have you come along with us today. I'll tell you what. There's something that we all share in common. And you know what that is? We make choices. We do. And some of the choices that we make, you know they shape our destiny? Choices that we make can be life-changing. That's for sure. It can change your life. And one of the greatest, most important choices that we have to make is the choice between a temptation and a testimony. The greatest choice, a temptation and a testimony. We're looking at a young man in the Word of God. His name is Joseph. And we're watching him fall and rise. In the beginning he falls. Oh, but at the end, he will rise. He's going he's gonna to rise out of the ashes. He certainly will. And we're going to be there pretty soon. We're not there yet. Okay, but we will be there soon. Here's a little recap of uh, what we've seen so far in the life of Joseph. Because of his jealous brothers, he went from being thrown into a pit, then to a caravan. From a caravan, he ended up in a strange land. In the strange land, he went to a strange house. And we noted that the brothers had become a prisoner of their bitterness. You know, bitterness, that's no good. Joseph had become a prisoner of God. And we noted what Joseph had gone through, sold into slavery by his own family. Wow. Taken hundreds of miles to a strange land. In the midst of foreign gods, he was in Egypt. Foreign customs, a foreign language. And you're only 17 years old. And yet, you know what Joseph did? He learned the language. He improved his skills. He bettered himself all around. And because of that, there were two outcomes. Number one, Joseph stayed faithful to God. And number two, his master, Potiphar, observed Joseph's character. And the result was that in verse 4, Joseph found favor, Genesis 39, he found favor in Potiphar's sight and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his house and all that he owned he put in his charge. And yet, even though things were good at that time for Joseph, well, they didn't remain good for very long. They really didn't. Now remember, we said that Joseph's journey is a journey toward Preparation, oh, here it comes, for greatness. Oh, but this journey is going to have a lot of ups and downs. It's going to have bumps and bruises. And today his journey brings him to the conflict. The conflict of temptation versus testimony. So as we noted, 
Potiphar left everything that he owned in Joseph's charge. And with him there, the Bible says he didn't concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. And like I said yesterday, probably because Joseph being a Hebrew, Potiphar being Egyptian, he had different likes and dislikes about food. He had his own diet. Now, the end of the verse says, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph. Uh-oh. Mrs. Potiphar, she's got eyes for Joseph. And when the Bible says that she looked at him, the word looked, it means to lift the eye. And when it says she looked with desire, it's the same word. It's repeated, to lift the eye. It's like, kind of like a double take. When she saw Joseph working in the house, she did a double take. Whoa. Who's that new guy? That new guy's looking pretty good. You know, my husband takes a lot of trips. Maybe. You know, she starts thinking. See, when you lift the eye, you're taking an intentional glance. You're looking on purpose. Sometimes it's the purposeful looks that get us in trouble. TV commercials are intended to lift your eyes. I think of some car commercials. They barely show the car. What do they show? There's one car commercial. There's a Lincoln. They hardly show the car, but you know what they show? Matthew McGonaghy. You drive this car, man, you look like him. <laughs> Subaru. They always show families. Now they show dogs. I like the dog commercials. I love dogs anyway. So it's like dogs can melt your heart. So let's use dogs to sell cars. Then for a while, there was a Kia Credenza commercial driven by a sexy lady. Nice looking lady. And I guess the message is, ladies, you drive this car. You'll look like her. The idea of these commercials is to make you feel like the person driving the car. And it really, it doesn't tell you much about the car. Kind of like movie trailers. Movie trailers are intended to lift your eyes. They show the best part of the movie. They're attention getters. Some movie trailers make a bad movie look good. Right? You see some movie trailers, wow, man, that movie looks good. Let's go see it. You go see it, movie stinks. The trailers, they were good. So here's the point. Be careful what lifts your eyes. Oh, be careful. Got a word for the ladies today. When it comes to relationships, ladies, and sometimes men too, if you have to dress in such a way as to lift the eyes of the other person, you're making a big mistake. Don't let the physical be the hook. You're making a big mistake. The Apostle Paul said, let your beauty, I'm sorry, Peter, Peter said this later, he said to his church, let your beauty not be merely external, it can be external, we like that, but not merely, such as braiding the hair and you know, wearing gold jewelry, putting on dresses. But there's another part. Let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. 
And what's he saying? In a nice way, he's saying what Solomon said. You can put a gold ring in a pig's nose, but it's still a pig. <laughs> That's what Solomon said. Right? Doesn't matter how you dress the thing up, it's still a pig. So Peter is saying, listen, make yourself look nice, but don't stop there. It's really about the heart. And you know, if the heart is beautiful, the countenance will be beautiful. It really will. You know why? It'll shine through. So let your beauty begin on the inside. Well, Potiphar's wife, back to the story, she lifted her eyes to Joseph, and then it happened. Her double take, her intentional look, created thoughts, and the thoughts became actions. She said to Joseph, lie with me. Man, that's pretty direct. <laughs> Joseph, lie with me. <laughs> Unbelievable. Remember Lot's wife? She got in trouble with her eyes. Remember that? The angels came and said to Lot, get your family out of, out of the city. God's going to destroy it and don't look back. Head to the hills and don't look back. And Lot's wife, oh, she had to get that last look. She had to look back. What happened? She was killed. She looked at the city and she was killed. The eyes can get us in a lot of trouble. Verse 8, but Joseph refused. He said to Mrs. Potiphar, he said, behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. He's put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I. And he's withheld nothing from me except you, because you're his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? See, you know what's so great about Joseph? He didn't forget God. He knew God didn't forget him, and he didn't forget God. But you know, this lady, she tempted Joseph day after day after day. She was relentless. She wouldn't give up. Now, Joseph had a powerful set of convictions that he lived by. And you know why? Because his authority was on the inside, not on the outside. See, when your authority is on the outside, you change your behavior and the authority is gone. But when your authority is on the inside, your behavior doesn't change. It's constant because it's on the inside, right? It's like when you see the, the radar trap on the highway, you change your behavior and you slow down. But when your authority is on the inside, you don't need a radar trap. You still drive carefully and in the speed limit. So that's a good place to be when your authority is on the inside. That's being true to yourself. Earlier, we saw that Joseph, he did stay faithful to God, right? His walk with God kept him pure in his thinking. He went through a lot. He went through some, yeah, difficult times, but he maintained his relationship with God. A relationship with God maintains pure thinking. Remember Daniel? Back in the book of Daniel? 
Hebrew boys were kidnapped by Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the court. He's going to raise them up in the ways of the Babylonians. Change their names, change their clothes. Then he tried to change their diet. And Daniel's like, ho, stop right there. And you know what the Bible says? That he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself for the king's food. In other words, he made up his mind ahead of time that he wouldn't do that. That's the best way to fight temptation. Don't wait till it's in your face. You will lose. Make up your mind ahead of time before the temptation comes. That's how you defeat temptation. So Joseph, he was, I would say, divinely systematic in his thinking. Potiphar put everything in charge of Joseph. He made him the boss. And he knew he was the top dog in the house. So he was appreciative of the position that was given to him. He appreciated it. He says, hey, your husband put everything in charge. I am, I'm in charge of the whole Ponderosa here. I'm not going to sin against him, and I'm not going to sin against God. You like undercover boss? I like undercover boss. I used to watch it more in the past than the present. But I was watching undercover boss one night, and um, a truck driver was driving a big delivery truck for a company. And if you know Undercover Boss, the company owner or the CEO, he kind of gets in with the workers to get a sense of how the workers are feeling and how the company's running. So the owner of the company, he's he's working with the truck driver, and he's like learning the ropes. And the truck driver that drove for the company, he did nothing but badmouth the company the whole time. That's all he did. Complain, criticize, badmouth the company. <laughs> and then at the end of the show, the people that worked with the CEO, he has a one-on-one -on -one with them. Most of the time, he gives them raises and promotions and rewards and sends them to school or buys them a car because they're struggling, but they're hard workers. Well, imagine this particular guy. All he did was badmouth the company. And it ended with a strong rebuke. The guy didn't get anything. He didn't get a raise. He didn't get a car. He didn't get to go to school. He said, you know what? You're lucky I don't fire you. Now you better straighten up. So he didn't have that attitude of Joseph where he was appreciative of even having a job. But Joseph was appreciative. He's thankful. He came a long way. And Joseph also thought it would not only be a sin against Potiphar, but wait a minute, it would destroy his relationship with God. He didn't want that. You know, with Joseph, right, his relationship with God was like the most important thing. Wow. Is that normal or abnormal? I don't know. Is that normal for you? Is that normal for me? Your relationship with God is the most important thing. I wonder if you read Proverbs 632. The one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking sense. Wow. In, in today's translation, that would mean you're stupid. You're stupid. It says, he who would do it destroys himself. That is self-destruct. You're pushing the self-destruct button. 
when you commit adultery. The Bible says you also sin against your own soul. You destroy your soul. The soul, that's like control central. That's what you live life from. You ruin your soul, man. Say goodbye to life. Say goodbye. You'll be a mess. You'll be a basket case from here on in. Destroyed soul. Adultery will do that. So with Joseph, then, he made a choice. And he said, my testimony is greater than this temptation. His testimony meant everything to him. So in verse 10, as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he didn't listen to her to lie beside her or to even be with her. He probably avoided her the best he could. One day, Joseph went into the house to carry out his duties and no one was in the house. He probably figured, oh, this is good. She's gone. (laughs) She's gone. Maybe she went shopping. I'm all alone. I can do my work. Well, you know what happened? She came out of nowhere. She grabbed his garment and she said, lie with me. Well, Joseph did the right thing. He flew the coop. He ran out of there. You know, think about it. Samson, the strongest man in the world, couldn't resist Delilah. David, the greatest king of Israel, couldn't keep his eyes off Bathsheba. But here's Joseph, a young boy, a mere slave in Egypt. Oh, he ran from temptation. You see, temptation is like matches. You don't play with them. You don't play with matches. You know, when I was five years old, I found a book of matches. And you know what I did? I lit them. And I threw them down on the ground in a little patch of grass. And the grass caught on fire. But you know what the big problem was? The patch of grass was right next to the side of my house. And up against the side of the house was a propane tank. (laughs) The whole side of the house went up in flame. I actually lit my house on fire. Thankfully, the tank didn't blow up. Fire trucks came. And I said, little son, you do that. Uh, 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 uh. God was with me even when I was five years old. Later on, the Apostle Paul would say to young Timothy, flee youthful lust. Get out of there. It's like run. Run from the things that get in the way. Here it comes of God's plan for your life. Run. Run. God has a plan for your life. It's a path for you to walk. Run from everything that tries to knock you off that path. You know why? Because you'll regret it. Oh, you'll regret it later. So Joseph ran out. But you know what happened? The garment remained in her hand. She grabbed his coat. See, Joseph was ruled by principles. Part of his wife was ruled by passion. Oh, which one rules you? What's your, what's a stronger influence in your life? Principles or passion? See, principles never change. And principles, if they're godly principles, they always work out for the good. Passion? Passion will get you up in, will end you up in jail. Passion will end you up dead. 
That's what passion will do. She was ruled by passion. And she grabbed his coat and she called out to the men. She's yelling and screaming. She said, the Hebrew, he accosted me. Look, I have his garment as proof. I got his coat right here. And then you know what happened? Mr. Potiphar came home. Here comes Potiphar. Now when his master heard the words of his wife, that she said to him, she, you know what she said to him? This is what your slave did to me. Oh, that little liar. Unbelievable. She didn't get what she wanted, so she lied. This is what your slave did to me. And Mr. Potiphar, oh, his anger, he hit the roof. Oh, he burned with anger. Of course, who wouldn't? So you know what he did? He took Joseph and he threw him in jail. Threw him in the dungeon. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. And there he was in the jail. He was in jail. And as bad as these events had become, the Lord was with Joseph. I hope you get this. Joseph was in a bad place, but God was with him. And God extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. It's going to happen again. The chief jailer did for Joseph what Potiphar did. He put him in charge of everything in the jail. <laughs> Joseph just keeps shining. As Joseph was in charge of everything in Potiphar's house, now he's in charge of everything in the jail. You see, God was with Joseph, and God is still with Joseph, even though he's in the dungeon. God is still with him. See, here's the thing. Sometimes we make the mistake of evaluating the presence of God based on our circumstances. Here's what we think. Good circumstances, oh, God is here. Bad circumstances, God is gone. That's not true. Joseph teaches us that is a false assumption. God is always there. You know what I say? Don't look at your circumstances to see God's, God's love. Look at the cross. There it is. The cross is the evidence of God's love, not your circumstances. Because your circumstances are part of your journey. And your journey is to greatness on the plan of God. But you got to go through it. Joseph also teaches us that our testimony will be challenged. It'll be challenged by temptations. And you know what? We decide who wins. You make the call. Will temptation win? Or will your testimony win? We choose. So, chapter 39 of the book of Genesis, it begins and ends the same way, with Joseph in bondage. But that which never changes, God is with him. See, Joseph understood the value of living for God. Proverbs 16, verse 7, When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, God makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Even though jo jo uh, Joseph got the short end of the stick every time, whenever he found himself, people 
were at peace with him. Now, he's in the dungeon. Is Joseph disappointed? Perhaps. But we will see that his testimony does not remain a secret. And good things begin to happen again. See, if you maintain your testimony, even at times if you find yourself, yeah, in the pit, your test, here's the great thing about the testimony. It's not a secret. That's why you don't want to ruin it. A testimony becomes public knowledge. Bad testimony, public knowledge. Good testimony, public knowledge. You know, it takes a lifetime to build a good reputation, and it takes a minute to destroy it. A minute. A fit of passion can destroy what you've been building all of your life. So Joseph's testimony, because he stayed faithful to God, and he chose a good testimony over the temptation, that testimony is going public. And you know who's going to find out about it? You're not going to believe this. The Pharaoh himself, are you kidding me? The Pharaoh himself is going to find out about Joseph's testimony. So next time we're together, we're going to see what it means to overcome disappointment. We've all been disappointed. Okay, that's nothing new, but you can overcome it. You don't have to stay there. Learn how to overcome disappointment. Okay? Join me next week here on New Hope Radio. If you do miss the radio show, don't forget about our podcast. All these programs are there on the podcast. Go to newhopecc.tv and just scroll down a little bit and you will find our podcast. You can also go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Buzzsprout. We're all over the place. And um, listen to the podcast. This series can really help you. It can really change your life. So I hope you'll take advantage of it. Don't forget, this Saturday and Sunday here at New Hope, August 8th and 9th, Saturday 10 to 12, Sunday 12 to 2. Open House Academy of Higher Learning. Come on out. Check out the school that we're beginning this September, Christian School. Save the children. That's why we're doing it. We want to save the children. Save the children from the evil and the propaganda that's in the world, that's in the government schools, because they're being brainwashed. They certainly are. Come on out Saturday from 10 to 12, Sunday 12 to 2. Route 6, Swansea, Massachusetts, right inside New Hope Christian Church. Have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget, we're on the radio Saturday at 3 o'clock. If you're out running around, check it out. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. I'll see you next week for more of New Hope Radio.